In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello dog fans and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast because everything matters, including delivering on two episodes in a week. It's it's not completely unprecedented territory, but it's somewhat new. But uh, the other thing that absolutely matters is Huskies going full chainsaw mode and chopping down some trees on Saturday uh, in the library. I am your host. I am your host, Hooligan7, joined tonight by The Darker Knight, uh, signed in tonight as The Great Escape, which it definitely was. How you doing tonight, bud? Oh, man, you know I'm doing well, doing better than I was Saturday, i tell you that much. It took a while to, to let that one kind of ease off, but doing doing good and looking forward to this upcoming Saturday on the forum. Absolutely. Um, well, we can briefly touch on beverages. Uh, what's your uh, liquid of choice this evening? Oh, you know me. I'm, you know, I do. It's Mountain Spring. It's Mountain Spring water tonight, man. It's keeping it low key. Yeah. Um, yeah, just ready, ready to kick this thing off. Yeah, I, uh, I did grab a, I got, I grabbed a carbonated water. I back on that San Juan Seltzer Huckleberry. Uh, just, oh, it's a light little refresher. <laughs> uh, the one, <laughs> just one. <laughs> I did my pumpkin beer last night with with Hood, uh, recording ah. last night's episode, and so tonight's just a, a quick little refresher, and and then uh, everything else in the fridge. I've got like a I've got an IPA and another pumpkin beer um, that I'm saving to to sit down and watch the Stanford game on Saturday. Um, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a nice way to watch the game too. A nice pumpkin beer, seasonal drink. Yep. Right, right on the eves ish of Halloween. Yep. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. It's a tradition, and, and it's one that I'll I, I will very I will let go very very uh, reluctantly of uh, <laughs> an occasional pumpkin beer right before Halloween. Um, but uh, uh, I think we briefly chatted about it in the pre-show. Any stupid tweets or just a, a whole genre of stupid tweets that uh, bear mentioning? Ah, <laughs> uh, none in particular, but just a lot of. Just questionable tweets by Oregon fans based off of simple performance. Like there's not a such thing as a hangover from an emotional win. Um, watching the game, yes, we struggle, but at the same time, just a lot of revisionist history with these Duck fans. It's kind of funny that they don't like bringing up the past, but they kind of do when it's convenient to <laughs> their point. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oregon fans, revisionist history, you don't say. <laughs> It's like, where is this coming from again? Oh, that's right. This is what you guys do. It's it's, it's like a toxic cycle you guys do. It's it's, it's really funny. But it's only it's, uh, it's, but, it's that arbitrary time periods thing, and it's like, oh well, you know. It, so right now, it's there. It's like, oh, we're only going to talk about just what's happened in the last four days, or or five days. Like, what happened exactly? What Saturday before? Oh, no, 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 no. You know, they were just lucky. You know, <laughs> let's not talk about that or what happened last year in their stadium. Right. Let's not talk about that either. Like their like their their promo video where they skipped a week. I wonder what week they skipped and showing showing highlights of that of uh, their season long epilogue, whatever they're trying to do. I thought that was funny as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're missing a week. Don't worry about it. We remember. We got receipts. <laughs> receipts and the tape and, and the videotape will remind you. And we'll Come send on, you a DVD just for just out of the goodness <laughs> of our hearts. Just in case you need a little reminder. Um, all right, well, let's move along into uh, a, a further discussion and get your thoughts on uh, uh, what you saw. Certainly, uh, Hood and I had a great discussion last night about what the experience was like in the stadium, and it was uncomfortable. But uh, 
what were what were your takeaways and, and thoughts uh, watching that game Saturday night? Man, I mean, it it looked good from the TV standpoint as far as crowd energy pregame. You know, donning the all purples. Um, yeah, it looked like it was a you know a spectacle. Um, and then we get on the field, and I'm just like, what? Who are these people in these uniforms? It didn't look like us out there uh, for more than half the game. Um, I can just tell just the the offensive energy looked a little sluggish. Um, and I don't think it was like due to effort. I just think it was a concentration thing. Um, a lot of just, you know, stuff that just bites you in the butt and, uh, missteps along the way when, you know, you're trying to execute a lot of, you know, it's a lot of hurting ourselves, you know, whether it was, you know, just penalties or, um, you know, I mean, I love Mike and I just trying to understand what he's seen on that first pass. Um, I, I get Dylan wasn't open immediately when he looked to the swing, but it looked like there was a couple lanes that a run if he wanted to or throw the ball away, but, you know, kind of threw a half-hearted ball up, hoping, you know, to get something out of it. And that, that kind of was the story of the night where it was just, oh, no. Like, just that opening, you just can't start like that. We've been preaching start fast. Kalen DeBoer said start fast for the last, I don't know, five weeks. Mm-hmm. What's the key to the game? Every time you interview him, start fast. What haven't we done? <laughs> so it's it one of those things where I know he was frustrated from the TV copy when they would pan to him. He was visually frustrated, um, which we've seen in spurts. But this was pretty. I mean, he he kind of had a that same type of demeanor throughout the game where he was visually he knew we weren't right. Um, the offensive line, I don't know what happened. Um, I get it. I'd give Arizona State credit. They they did have an underrated disruptive front um, that caused us some issues, but I mean, bruh, <laughs> we got to do something better about in, in-game communication. I know we have to mix some stuff up, move some people around just because of the issues they were presenting, but that was an eye raiser as well, especially from a TV standpoint, you know, nationally broadcast game. Yes, it's late, but you know, you kind of have that late window where all eyes are on you. And it didn't look good from that standpoint, you know, if you're looking, you know, if the nation is looking at you as the number five team in the country and you're expecting this, you know, unranked team coming in with three losses, you know, expect you to dominate, you know, and have a dominant performance with the Heisman front runner. And it looked like we were doing everything we could to give the game away, um, especially offensively. Um, But what I would say is I appreciate and I love the fight of our defense. Um, and I think they turned a corner in this game, um, not just holding this same ASU team who almost beat USC by outscoring them early in the year, but just holding the seven points and the, just have those key stops and crucial situations. Um, I think the the biggest miscue on their end was that fourth and three when Conyers dropped that out route um, in the 73 game that kind of gave us some momentum mm-hmm. um, to go down and kick a field goal. Uh, to make it the seven six game, I think that was that kind of the highlight of the game. Size Misha's um, pick six, which was amazing um, from the TV copy. Uh, when he caught it, all I can say is to the five minutes, to the five minutes. Just keep running, keep running, keep running. Uh, I was, I mean, I was more jacked off that than anything, just because of how the defense kept us 
not only in the game, but just kept us relevant from a, okay, this team is, is real. You know, they could have a side of the ball struggle. I've seen teams across the country have struggles, but the way this team fought, you could tell they're a complete team. Mm-hmm. And the offense isn't going to be off like that moving forward. I don't see that. But yeah. um, the way your defense can pick you up, we've scored a touchdown now in four different ways this year, um, which is awesome. Um, and, I mean, it just shows not only – the talent we have on the team, which is pretty underrated, but the the job that, you know, Inge and Morrell have really done in developing um, in the second year of this scheme and how comfortable everyone is, especially with rotating. We're missing players left and right, and, you know, you know, from DeMond Banks to, you know, Cam Fab goes out. You know, you got players all over the place that are out that you depended on. Um, coming into the air, but then you got you got those unsung heroes stepping up and making big plays in big spots, and none other than the hometown kid, Mish. I really appreciate what you did, sir. Um, salute to you. Um, you deserve all the praise. You never, you know, what I'm saying, never brag about yourself. You never that guy, that me, me, me guy. You're always the one rallying everybody and bringing everybody together. So um, I'm glad he got the spotlight in this game. Um, he deserves it, especially the way he's been playing, and I can really see him taking that next step. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, we talked about it with us last night, and it was definitely a game where it's not necessarily, like, the same as a full-out dominant defensive performance, but it the defense did everything you could potentially ask of them on Saturday mm-hmm. night. Um, you know, some bend but don't break, but when it really mattered mm-hmm. and they needed to stop, they got it. And that on the bright side is that to your point, I agree with you. I think the, the offense isn't going to be that far off very long. I don't think our coaching staff will allow it. I don't think, uh, and I, or, and in in specific, I don't think our head coach (laughs) will allow it. Um, Uh We had an interesting discussion about that and some of the things. And I, and I do think it's a product of some of the injuries and some of the, for sure. Um, but, and we know there was some questionable calls, too, that, you know, worked against us and yeah. or, you know, worked for us, I guess you can say in a way as well. But a lot of the stuff, especially with the railing penalty, I mean, where it's just a lot of momentum type of things where it just stops momentum and, um, you know, you don't really down, have a chance to really get. Yeah. And you don't really have a chance to get going because you're off the field. Right. You know what I mean? Or like you're, that, you're done. It, or the <laughs> the non-PI on the, the and I didn't we didn't talk about it last night, but. Not only was it a oh, blatant PI on JP at Jay, you know, yeah. inside the two that would have set up a goal, goal, goal to go situation, unless if you, it's not a touchdown, the fumble happened on the very next. Mm-hmm. Play. That's how it, that's how football works. It you was, miss a call, and the next thing you know, it just bites you some way somehow. Yeah. I mean, it's it, like he gets tackled. I don't know how you not see that, right? <laughs> then it just there so was happens. Of, just I mean, there was just a lot you. of bad officiating all over the country and all over For sure. that game last Saturday. The other thing that, that is really encouraging, if you look at it a different way, we I don't think anybody would say that we played our best game against Oregon. Mm-mm. I don't think that you can really say that this team has put it all together in one game yet this year where Offense nope. was firing at a B plus or higher level. Defense was playing at a B plus or higher level. This team is certainly capable of that. And with the confidence defense is going to co- have coming out of that game Saturday, it's going to be very interesting as we come down these massive games down the stretch, seeing, you know, with hopefully knock on wood or, or whatever good luck, you know, and hang on to whatever good luck charm you've got, getting Jalen <laughs> McMillan back, getting Jeremy Bernard back. <sighs> getting the, the full complement of weapons offensively back. 
what that could look like with a more health. I mean, we're not going to ever be back to full health or, or what we what it looked like coming into the season, but having both units fire on all cylinders. And um, I do think it's been slept on and I, I'm, I'm glad to see some of the recognition come out that I think PFA, I think it was within the last day or two or something that PF, um, the, the special teams grade for Washington right now is like 90 and a half. So special teams is getting it done. Kickoff coverage is getting it done. Grady Gross has been absolute money. Um, yeah, you and and you know, I mean, like we were saying, this we know it wasn't anywhere near perfect, especially even defensively. It was a lot of bad angles, bad tackling. You know, we could nitpick about a lot of different things. Yes, we, you know, there's a lot of bend but don't break. Um, and I think we're on the cusp of putting together a really solid just masterful performance defensively as well, where the back end is actually Mary in the rush. Although we're not putting up the numbers while rushing, you can tell that they're disruptive enough. They're moving quarterbacks off their spot. They're making them double hitch. There's not, there's not rarely throws that we're seeing where they're getting the ball out so fast and guys are wide open. Right. You know what I mean? Like if they double hitch, there's a blown coverage. Sure, we get that. But for the most part, they're marrying the two together. Linebackers are doing a really good job in coverage as well. Better than I thought we were going to even be coming into the year, um, which I really appreciate as well. Um, And I think offensively it was just, you know, yeah, it was an emotional letdown, you know, coming off that huge game. You know what I mean? It's coming back in that same stadium. The energy is kind of there, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? And you 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 know who you're playing, even though you're saying this is you know another. We're taking one one game at a time, and it's another opponent. You know who you're playing across from you. You know you're a better team. Um, and in this sense, typically teams play way better when they know there's you know a fifty fifty chance that hey, you guys, there's a potential chance you're not the best team on the field, but you have to prove it. You know, and you have to carry that chip on your shoulder to prove it. Yep. Um, when you know, you play a little different. Mm-hmm. You may not want to admit it, but you do. Yeah. Um, so I just think it was just some concentration lapse. Um, I do think <laughs> I love Ryan Grubb as well, but I think he's, I mean, these, especially these past two weeks, well, even dating back to the Arizona game where it's just situational play calling just bites us in the butt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the running game didn't have a chance to get going because of type of runs that he's choosing to call. Yep. Um, the personnel that he's choosing to use. Um, I'd like to see us use more Will Nixon and just guys that give a little more change of pace, especially when we're running outside. It doesn't always have to be a man blocking scheme. We can run zone blocking with someone like that because he has really good vision and he's really quick. Um, you can, you can use your, your trip formations, your, your, your tight splits and all that. And you can play off that with, you know, quick, quick pitches and end arounds and things of that nature um, to get guys the ball quick or, you know, do a a touch pass, you know, to a guy coming as a ghost motion, just right in front of the quarterback. So it's technically a run, but you get a passing stat, you know, I mean, just simple ways to get the offense going and give it that misdirection. So the defense that maybe is disruptive and are coming up the field, um, you can do a little bit more, not just rely on screen game, but get them to move laterally and let that open up those lanes for Mike and give him a clear vision. I don't think he really got a chance to get started. So he was never in rhythm, if that yep. makes sense. Um, and I think that throughout the running game as well, because your offensive line, we need to know like, okay, are we going to be aggressive and are we moving forward? Are we, 
are we just going to pass block or, you know I mean? It was just, it was weird when we call those type of plays as well, which I think, I just think he was calling plays to call plays. Like I said, almost last week, it's like, no, we need to start calling things to marry the play calling together. And I think that'll change once we get J Mac and Jeremy, yep, because and you have two I, different I, dynamic weapons. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I also think particularly in terms of getting Mike a little bit back toward being completely comfortable. I think it's, it can mm-hmm. be understated the importance that, that Julie, you know, that the return or the hopeful return this weekend of Julie. I mean, I, I don't think we have, we're, we're not into the Stanford preview yet, but we're not facing <laughs> the level of athletes on their defensive line. For sure. That, uh, we faced against Arizona state, but I think Julia's back will make Mike more comfortable in the pocket. Oh, absolutely. The combination of Julius and Jalen getting coming back. It sounds like Jeremy may be another week or two away, um, but that will vastly impact what we're able to do and the comfort level that Mike has and uh, our ability to get some of that vertical passing game going. And I do think that, you know, I, I think it was scheme, you know, and credit again to Brian Ward. Um, mm-hmm. He had started to get the the inside running game and really get Dylan Johnson going. And then it just wasn't in evidence at all. I think we had, um, I think I was listening to the podcast of champions earlier today. And I think it was the lowest rushing attempts for Washington mm-hmm. in like 30 years or something like that. We had 13 rushing attempts. Yeah, Ward did a good job of trying to especially uh, even simulate that double A gap blitz of those simulated pressures to try and make us one dimensional. And I know he has a lot of history with DeBoer. I was trying to read up on somewhere that go back years yep. um, where he's they're familiar with each other. Um, and so it was just a chess game. Um, he did a really good job, had his guys prepared. I, you know, didn't do enough, thank God. But um, he, you know, I mean, you can't say that, you know, ASU wasn't. I think they were the, I mean, you can say what you want about Oregon. I think their scheme was way better than what whatever Oregon presented, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think whether they, you know, I'm sure coaches talked or not, they looked at the film and tried to emulate some of the things Oregon did and then, you know, mix in some stuff. But what they did was it was commendable. Like, I, I was looking like those guys are playing hard, they're playing tough, and they started to become hard to block up front, um, yep. which surprised me. And gave us a lot of issues. Yep. Yeah, and it's certainly something to keep an eye on. I don't think the the caliber of coaching that we will see in two weeks is there, but the athletes are certainly mm-hmm. of a caliber that we'll see a couple, you know, not to look past Stanford, but there is a, a notable <laughs> game on the horizon past that. Um, but let's go ahead and move, you know, I, I think, uh, or anything else, uh, any, any other takeaways from uh, no, nah, man. I just think I, I honestly think this was another game that highlighted the impact of uh, J Mac and how how much we miss him in this offense to really make us dynamic. When they say we have the best receiving room in the country, that's true, but he's a huge part of that. You know what I mean? You can't lose. You can't lose that guy. Any given day, he can be Batman or Robin. Yep. You know what I mean? And so you can't factor in you can't I, I you know giles and everyone else like love him but there's a reason why he's a next level guy especially as a slot he's a technician he's someone that him and mike have a rapport that you just can't teach yep. um and a lot of those option routes and those sitting those seams those posts a lot of the things you're reading especially off the safety he makes it so much easier for mike and the game opens up much quicker um and you've seen the kind of ebb and flow of mike's game 
and even Grubb's play calling since McMillan's been out. We didn't have these conversations against Michigan State and, you know, Boise State and things of that nature because we had a full, you know, our full receiving core. Uh, But since then, you've kind of noticed he's struggling. To to use the the Robin Hood, Mike had all his arrows and he doesn't. Right. (laughs) <laughs> it makes it a little bit tougher to hit the target when you don't have all your arrows. Yep. Um, all right, let's move, move around the, the conference. Uh, Hood and I did our predictions last night, but certainly want to get your thoughts on uh, what you're expecting. Um, first off, it's it's interesting. Uh, there are, like, the first and last games on the conference slate are the best ones um, by probably a couple orders of magnitude. And the first one is a 12.30 p.m. game on Fox. Oh, or number eight, Oregon is a six and a half point favorite going on the road to Utah over under at 47 and a half. What do you think? I'm definitely taking the under on that. Um, I'm, I'm looking at, I think it's going to be an old school smash mouth game. Um, and that's why I'd say take the under Utah <laughs> at home. It's tough. The must is real. Um, I mean, unless you're wearing purple, you ain't going there and winning because uh, we know what we do when we go in there. That said, um, I get it. So what was the uh, – what's the um, um, plus minus in the game? Oregon minus six and a half. Okay, so Utah basically get the home team three. So essentially they think it's going to be a field goal-ish type of game um, as far as final score. Um, I got – honestly, I got – I got Utah in this game. Uh, I think they found a revelation um, at running back. Um, and I could see them being creative just enough and causing some turnovers on Bo, uh, causing some erratic throws um, to pull out a victory in the end. I got that game. I, I could see it being more of a, like a 20 to 13, 20 to 17 tight game. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I know. I definitely, I don't think, I, I can't say that that's outside the realm of possibility whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I think I said 28-24, last night. Um, I do partially see that some of Utah's offensives, no disrespect to Sione Baki, but I do see some of <laughs> the, the fact that Utah put up 30 points last week was that they're playing an Alex Grinch defense, and that's just... Yeah, you got to take that with a grain of salt, <laughs> but for sure. I, but I also agree with your point that I think that Utah is particularly capable, more so than anyone that Oregon's played, of really giving the Oregon offense some problems. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or, or I don't think you can dink and dunk on Utah, right. which is kind of what Oregon's kind of rely on, because I think Utah's a team that can make you one-dimensional with their defensive front. Yep. Um, so if they're unable to run the ball, if Bucky can't get loose and at least allow them to then open up the offense, it could be a long day or out there in Salt Lake. They try and pass and it's not anything and, and Utah can really kind of crash down. On yeah. The to stop Bucky. Mm-hmm. They can cause some problems. The Load the box up and yeah, force Bo to try to beat you. And it's like, I mean, I trust Morgan Scally in that situation more than I'm going to trust, <laughs> you know, someone from Morgan offensively. So, Uh, All right, let's move on to the 
uh, 1 p.m. game on Pac-12 Network. The now number 24 USC Trojans are an 11-point favorite going on the road up to Berkeley with the over-under at 68. Uh, what do you think about that one? How are they still ranked? I mean, is it just like they're holding, they're just holding on by a thread because of who they have at quarterback? Like, just like, now nah, we just, we're not, we can't let them, you know, be unranked for a week. I mean, both teams um, that they've lost to are, are ranked, but. Right. I could. Have lost Arizona too, so. <laughs> that's also ranked, true. So. <laughs> um, man, this is a tough one. Because I can see if Cal can establish a running game and just bludgeon them up front. Just with ball control, keeping their offense off the field, I think they have a shot to stay in the game. And I think Cal defensively can do enough to limit the explosive plays. Um, because Caleb doesn't play on script. He likes playoff script, which is a little different than, you know, kind of we faced Cal and we were all, you know, it was timing, rhythm. Um, yeah, I think think I'm going to take SC in a close game, uh, but they continue to get exposed. And I think Cal has a big game on the ground, um, and they kind of just have a – it's just a really ugly kind of shootout type of game. Um, but I can see USC winning by a touchdown or so. Yep. Uh, moving on, to, we'll skip past our game and do that last. Uh, 4.30 on ABC, Colorado going on the road to uh, the Rose Bowl to play number 23, UCLA, who is a 17-point favorite. <laughs> um, uh, no comment. Or for my comments on UCLA as a 17-point favorite, listen to our episode last night, uh, over <laughs> under at 62.5. And, and that's no disrespect that is to UCLA, wild. but UCLA, that is wild. their offense or lack thereof demonstrated thus far this year, having a 17-point cushion on anyone is maybe a just yeah. respect to their defense. Over <laughs> 62.5, which is wild. Man, Shador better take an ice bath before and after this game if he think that offensive line is about to block that front. Um, I think Col- I, th- I do think they can score some points, but they're going to have to, coming off this bye, they better figure out a short pass a game that they can stick to because I don't think they're going to have the time to really push the ball down the field. Although UCLA is susceptible in the secondary, um, I just think that front's going to be way too disruptive um, for Colorado. Um, I think they play hard, but at the end I can see UCLA winning this a really ugly, similar to our game against Arizona State, where it's just not a yawn fest, but it's just a lot of defensive highlights <laughs> from UCLA. And I can see that game being like a, a 1917 type of game um, that UCLA squeaks out. All right. Uh, five o'clock on Pac-12 Network. Cougs on the road at ASU are a six-point favorite over under at 51. Oof. <laughs> <sighs> You're welcome to say more. <laughs> uh, who? Let's see. Uh, do we know who's going to be starting on the other side for ASU? For um, 
Well, no. Oh, oh, sorry. No, I was getting mixed up. Um, yeah, man. And this is this is in the desert, correct? It's in Tempe. Yeah. Ooh. I'm going to take the over for sure. I think I'm going to take the over because I think points will be scored. I think Wazoo, I mean, they've proven they can score, and they're coming off uh, a game where they did throw over 400 yards on Oregon in Autzen, which was impressive. Um, So I think they have a chance to dice up Arizona State. But I do think Arizona State coming off the game against UW is going to be playing with a little more confidence, especially being back at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm actually I'm going to take Arizona State at home. Right. I think if it was on the Palouse, I'd give Wazoo more of a shot. But I could see this being a, a 38-34 type game um, with Arizona State coming out on top. All right. All right, and then uh, the nightcap is is a good one. Uh, number eleven, uh, seven thirty on ESPN. Number eleven, Oregon State is a three and a half point favorite on the road uh, at the fast rising Arizona with the over under set at fifty six and a half. That's see, this is where I was getting com- this is where I was confusing the initial. I was yep. thinking of Arizona. Uh, so I'm hearing Delore has a shot to play, correct? If That's they the do reason. that, I, I, I don't like it. I, I think that that'll be their downfall. If I'm looking at how Tafita's been playing. Right. Yeah, I don't see I don't see how Fafita doesn't doesn't continue starting, especially he's he's played not only just well, like he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the conference when he's played. Yep. Um and he's gaining confidence, and that's the wrong time to pull a kid. It doesn't matter who's coming off an injury. When the team is vibing like that and just, you know, you see consistency no and you fishing. finally have that, yeah, you kind of have to, like, hey, you you, you got to hold, hold this clipboard real quick. You can signal in the plays, Delore, but uh, no, nah, we're going we're gonna to keep rolling with the kid. Um, so if Fafita plays, I like Arizona. Agreed. Um, I think if Fafita plays, I like Arizona big. I think they could win by 17 plus points. Um, if if Delore wins, I think you could see a just because you know you're coming off just that lull. I get you got experience, but you don't go from not playing to playing, especially in a big game like this against a ranked team, and think you're gonna be okay. Um, so yeah, I got I got Arizona in a close game. Willingness to just chuck them up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Arizona. I'd say close, but in this instance, I'm saying like 10 or more points. I think they can win comfortably for sure. All right. And then uh, moving back to the 4.30 p.m. game on uh, AB, or excuse me, not 4.30, 4 o'clock on FS1. Uh, number five, Washington is a 26 and a half point favorite on the road at the farm over under at 60 and a half. Um, what are your keys to this one? Uh, things you're going to be looking for, things that are going to be areas of interest of like, what did we get cleaned up this week? Hopefully. I'm going to channel my coach and I'm going to say, we need to start fast. <laughs> uh, obviously we've got the, you know, you BYOE, you got to bring your own energy cause you know, it's a library. Um, it's a little bit different, but I do love the way we've played on the road this year. And I think the team plays a little bit different um, on the road. I've seen a different spark in them. Yep. Um, and I do think this is our get, our get right game. I think I that ASU game happened at the right time. This is the right opponent to kind of 
you take that frustration and not executing, you have probably your best week of practice you've had um, in weeks and you're starting to get healthy at the right time. Um, I do think we get a boost from from Big Jew coming back on the O-line. I think you solidify that. Um, and I think Mike has a big game uh, coming from the ASU game where it was just a lot of just terrible execution. Um, Ryan Grubb, show me your head coach candidate. I want to see the best play calling you've the, the best called game you've had all year. Um, allow Mike to get in the rhythm, allow our running backs and our offensive line to have some cohesion yep. um, and allow us to play off that. Um, even if that means you got to put Mike on the center a little bit more just to help with some of our play action, deep passes and take those shots that you want to take, you know, mix up the offense. I know we have a deep bag of plays that we can go to, but I don't think we've reached nearly half of them. Um, and or given the eye candy, we can give the teams to then set up a lot of our shots. So um, I think that we just, we're leaving a lot of meat on the bone and, we're a much better team than we've even showed even through the Oregon game. You know, I think we could have blown Oregon out if we stick to the recipe and ran the ball. Yep. Um, by a digress. Um, I do respect Stanford. You know, they play with a ton of heart. Um, you know, being down 29, nothing at halftime to any team is, is tough. And then they come back, get in the game, and they win the game. It says a lot about their character and their coach. Uh, but then I also seen them play Oregon tough for a half and then fall off the face of the earth in the second half. Um, so I know this team can be beat and they can get run over. Um, they know that as well. And, and I think we hit them in the mouth first. I think they gave up 35 plus to UCLA last weekend. Mm-hmm. Our offense. And I think you hit them in the mouth first. You don't give them a shot to breathe. You step on their neck. And I yep. can easily see this being the biggest win of the year as far as um, plus points for you to. Um, I got this game. In my head, I got this game being fifty-two nineteen. I will be, dogs. I I will be very happy <laughs> to see that on Saturday. Uh, um, I was going to say it earlier when you, when we were talking about ASU that uh, I have not had the heart to go back and rewatch uh, the Arizona State game because I didn't want to put myself through it again. It was uncomfortable enough the first time around. <laughs> so. Um, I think there's a sense of urgency on Mount Lake right now. And I think the players afterward, just a lot of stuff I was hearing just with guys coming in the locker room wasn't like a typical win where it was very businesslike and they were, you know, they knew they left a lot out there. Um, no one was satisfied, which I love. You know, it wasn't a, whew, you know, it wasn't anything like that. It was anger. You know what I mean? It was, you know what I mean? So they want to improve on it. And it, was, it wasn't a lot that the coaches really had to say. That's what Kalen was saying. He was like, it wasn't like we had to go in there and say a lot to them. They knew. Um, and I appreciate Ryan Grubb coming out and, you know, kind of owning his faults mm -hmm. and wish he did some things differently. And I'm sure it, it's, it was a lot of look yourself in the mirror this week, you know, and that's not the team we're taking down to Palo Alto. Um, and so the team knows that, and I think you're going to see an inspired performance. I think you're going to see something very similar to what we did to Stanford in 2016 um, <laughs> on the farm. That's what I'm totally expecting. So I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it um, before Stanford head, heads off to the Atlantic Coast Conference. <laughs> Which is odd. 
practice. What do they do? Uh, we practice inside. Uh, you know, the practice facility this week. I'm, did they turn the music and stuff off? Yeah, to kind of simulate. Yeah, that, that was good. The comment gonna... that I made. I don't know. Like when you were talking about the environment at Stanford, and I jokingly started doing a. <laughs> <laughs> did, did we did we pipe in snoring noises? Um, or, Get a librarian. Or, or, or excuse me, waiter, could I have another glass of that Napa Red? I don't remember which one it was, but I'd like that while I watch my teammate get absolutely drilled by the Washington Huskies. <laughs> Give them a reason to sip some wine. So I gotta say, because uh, yeah. they're gonna be uninterested in what's going on on the field. So. Get in there. Hopefully, we. I, I know we're going to travel well. We're going to have most, if not all, that stadium is going to be in purple. Um, so if you're down there, cheer, cheer loud, cheer often, uh, make it tougher on them and their home environment. Turn that into you know, our home field advantage. So it's the last year we're going to play them for God knows how long. And let's make sure we give them a butt kicking that they won't forget. Agreed. Uh, all right. Anything, any final thoughts, uh, to close this one up? Nothing, man. Uh, glad we could flush last week. I'm looking forward to a dominant performance in two days and I can't wait to recap and chat with the entire team next week. All right. Uh, Absolutely, sir. Go dolls, baby. support this podcast at podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash sound the siren pod uw slash support thanks go dogs